You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope you are having a great start to your Monday. This episode, we have a incredible guest for you. We are welcoming Heidi Brockmeyer onto the show, and she is a doctor of Chinese medicine. She has a decade of experience and so many women who can tell the story of being able to get pregnant and enjoy their beautiful little babies thanks to her amazing work. So welcome, Heidi. Thanks for taking some time today to be with us. Thanks, Yama. Great to be here. So the way I always love to start the show, because I love hearing people's stories, is would you mind taking a minute just to share with us how you arrived at fertility? Yeah. Um, Well, I usually say that fertility found me. Um, (laughs) When I was in school for acupuncture and Chinese medicine, um, I was always drawn to women's health because my own experience with it, just regulating my cycle and relieving symptoms with my period and so forth. I was just like this is amazing and we don't have access, you know, uh, allopathic medicine, Western medicine, just their only solutions are drugs, which just add to the problem. So that felt so empowering to me. So I always loved using it for women's health issues. And then when I was in school, I got pregnant with my son. And so I used Chinese medicine to support my pregnancy and childbirth and postpartum, as well as, you know, just support him as a baby and child. And my family. Um, so having access to that wisdom uh, was is just life-changing. And it was like, wow, you know, everybody should be, it should be open to this. Everyone should know some of the basics. You know, obviously not everyone's going to go to school for it. Um, but there's so much in the West that we aren't aware of that are just kind of that you can use in your day-to-day life to support yourself and your family. And so I became passionate. He definitely ignited a passion. And then after I graduated, I was invited to join a practice that specialized in fertility. And it intimidated me at first, but um, I had to experienced practitioners to mentor me from the very start. It was very fortunate. And so I would just kind of dove right in. And I really fell in love with um, the women who, because they're uh, typically a fertility client was very smart, very proactive. So they made great clients because they'd actually listen to, to your <laughs> recommendations instead of just like in one ear and out the other, which can be kind of fr- frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like A plus students and obviously, you know, what they were coming to you for was so vulnerable and just their life dream and so beautiful. And as a mother myself, of course, I, I really felt for them. And then the reward of helping them achieve that goal and get baby pictures and everything was just so wonderful, so rewarding. So that's mm, that's exciting that journey. And I've noticed recently, and I wanted to mention this um, for a lot of our listeners, but on your Instagram page, you highlight that you're not just helping women who may be in their twenties, but you you help women even into their forties who are trying to conceive and successfully helping them get pregnant. Correct? Oh yeah, most of the clients are over 35. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely clients I've helped and continue to help and, and, you know, mid to late twenties, early thirties, but probably the majority are 35 through 45. 
Well, that's, that's exciting. I know a lot of our listeners are in that category and, um, I, I feel like you kind of cross that, that line, you, you get marked the geriatric, you know, I think that's normally labeled you when you get to pregnancy, but you know, it still kind of gets whitelisted on your paperwork. And, and so, so knowing that we, as we're going to enter into this conversation that you have that experience is just really helpful. So when you're working with women, what are some of the signs that you look for, um, things that help give clues about someone's fertility? Yeah, as um, a practitioner of Chinese medicine, um, we do a pretty thorough intake, not just uh, talking about a woman's period and her cycle. And by cycle, I mean day one of her period all the way through her next period. So when I say cycle, I don't mean just a period. Um, but, you know, what, what, is she experiencing when she ovulates? What is she experiencing after her period during the follicular phase up through ovulation? What is she experiencing after ovulation before her period or confirmed pregnancy? Um, those all give a lot of clues, but even just, you know, sleep, digestion, energy levels, um, emotions, they all give clues. And so when I'm doing an intake in person, if it were, you know, an, an in-person client, then I'm doing that intake. But in my, um, my program, I teach women how to do that intake themselves, how to track these signs themselves and pay closer attention to the clues that their body is telling them on a day-to-day -day basis and throughout their cycle so that they can feel more empowered to understand, okay, this is what, these are some of the patterns or imbalances that I see manifesting. And here are some ways that I can bring this into balance or here, here, what, here's what may be contributing to being out of balance that I can shift. And so it can be anything from headaches and whether you're getting a headache day before your period, during your period or after your period, what type of headache you're getting. Um, and all of those other things I mentioned, it can be the quality of your um, menstrual flow. It can be, you know, what symptoms you're getting during your period and at what stage during your period you're getting them. So all sorts of wonderful signs that can tell you about your health and your fertility specifically. Are there any, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are, are there any signs and symptoms that you find can be surprising? Like, oh, I, I didn't realize that was connected. Yeah. Um, let's see. What would be a good example? Maybe having dry skin, hmm. uh, dry skin or thinning hair. So from a Chinese medicine perspective, uh, something that I would see often um, is what we would call blood deficiency. And so blood deficiency, it's, it's not the same thing as say testing anemic, although it, um, if you did test anemic, that would fall in the category of blood deficiency, but you're looking more at symptoms that are manifesting that would confirm a pattern of blood deficiency. And it's really kind of like the quality of, you might, it doesn't mean that you don't have enough blood running through your veins, but it's, uh, you know, the quality of that blood, how nutrient dense it is, or how well that blood is able to nourish the different systems of your body. So it's quite common to have blood deficiency and for that to be contributing to fertility issues. So while every woman, um, her infertility symptoms may manifest differently, you might have PCOS over here, diminished ovarian reserve over there, for example, diagnoses can vary. Um, there are, from a Chinese medicine perspective, there's often a lot of similarities woman to woman because 
we're all going through similar phases of our lives, you know, and we all, there are similar energies and needs of the body to contribute to having healthy fertility. So you need healthy blood flow. The blood is what's going to nourish eggs so that they're healthy eggs, what's going to nourish your uterine lining. Um, so, and it, it women, uh, mo many of us women struggle with blood deficiency because we are overworked or, you know, we're <laughs> spreading ourselves too thinly. We're not necessarily getting enough sleep. We're caretaking everybody, uh, that maybe we're not eating well enough to sustain ourselves or we're, you know, scarfing food down. So it's pretty common. So blood deficiency symptoms might be having dry skin, itchy skin, um, thinning hair, your hair falling out. Um, headaches, dizziness, lightheadedness, or uh, difficulty focusing, fatigue. If you think, you know, there's not enough blood to kind of go up and nourish your brain, mm. uh, having a light period, you know, scanty flow, um, or maybe the color of your flow. This might be surprising if the color of your flow is more pinkish instead of a richer red. Interesting. Mm hmm. Or if it's watery because there's not enough blood there that it's kind of watery to get it to to flow out. So that would be that would be a pattern of blood deficiency. I tend towards blood deficiency. If you're also if you're like you know joints crack, kind of. Um, mm -hmm. I'm listening to all that, thinking through like, wow, a lot of those things I've experienced myself. So it's crazy hearing you describe those all under one single like umbrella. And it makes, it makes so much sense. It really does as you break it down. Hey friends, I wanted to quickly pause today's episode to let you know that we now have a coupon for the temp drop fertility monitor. Now, a lot of times when we get started with basal body temperature, it's exciting. You get in the routine, but the truth is it can be a little bit finicky to take that temperature every single morning with an oral thermometer. And so if you've been doing that, you're ready for something that's a little different. I want to encourage you to check out and order for yourself a temp drop wearable fertility monitor. What's really cool about this device is that it works even with inconsistent sleep. It works for polycystic ovarian syndrome. It works while breastfeeding. Come on guys, that's pretty hard to find. And then once you have taken your temperature overnight, you just sync it with the app and it automatically uploads your temperature right there for you. It's really easy. It makes tracking your basal body temperature so simple. You can head over to tempdrop.com and use the code, all lowercase, all one word, Blissberry Wellness to save. Yeah, that's usually people's responses when you break down anything to do with Chinese medicine. Like, oh, that makes so much sense. And that, that's kind of my point. You don't have to, it's it's a lot to learn. It's, it mm -hmm. is a very sophisticated medicine. It's complicated. The, the education is very um, involved. There's some, and there's so much that's just so simple. And just like when you explain it to people, they usually go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And it's like light bulbs go on. And then they're more invested. It, it, it's helpful because then we can be more invested in like, okay, well, I want to change this lifestyle or I want to make this change because I understand why I'm doing it. And then as I make the change, then I can see the difference of like, oh yeah, my skin's not so dry or I'm feel I'm not getting those headaches or, oh wow, look, my flow is, I'm getting a little bit more flow. And when you can connect those dots, it's way more motivating. It's way more empowering. And it's a lot easier to participate in mm -hmm. sustaining your health. Absolutely. Well, I, I like how you really emphasize the whole empowering and it, 
in making, you know, women be part of this journey. Cause I think that's so critical. Um, but really quick, before I ask you another question, cause this is all just so fascinating for someone who's maybe not so familiar, do you mind quickly breaking down, uh, and you don't have to go in great detail, but the difference between when we think Western organs, or as you said, blood deficiency and, and Chinese medicine, cause I know they're, they're not the same, right? Right. Yeah. You, um, you know, something that we say often is liver chi stagnation or a liver imbalance, or we often also refer to the kidneys. And I always say like, don't worry, it doesn't mean you have kidney disease. It doesn't mean you have liver <laughs> disease. There's nothing, and there could be absolutely nothing wrong with your liver or kidneys. It's a different thing in Chinese medicine. And it can still, you know, it's more of an umbrella as you had mentioned. It's so if we say the liver, for example, it's an umbrella of the, the liver system. So it would include, yes, the liver, the organ itself, but also the meridians um, that flow throughout the body, the liver meridians. And it's also that the liver energetic system from a Chinese medicine perspective is responsible for, for example, um, helping process emotions. Uh, but so there's, there's a lot of metaphor um, and, and Chinese medicine is so sophisticated in that it sees the correlation between the actual organ system themselves, but then also the physical, mental, emotional components in, involved. So in Chinese medicine, the liver is processing emotions. And it, so we would say you might have stagnant liver energy if you have an, emotions that are are bottled up and it's kind of a chicken or the egg situation because it's like well you might have the stagnant liver energy because you're not dealing with those emotions or you might have the physical stagnant liver energy which is making it difficult for you to deal with those emotions mm -hmm. they're you know two sides of the same coin <laughs> and you know but if you look at it physically the liver is also filtering things through mm -hmm. it's detoxing your body so there is that parallel between that mental emotional component and the physical component um so it does it does a lot of the liver also regulates energetic flow it regulates um from a chinese medicine perspective it regulates our menstrual cycles so it's considered the general so if it, there's Historically in Chinese medicine, there's different things that have influenced how, uh, influenced how the theory is um, talked about or looked at. So at some point, military terms kind of came into mm. influenced Chinese medical theory and the liver was considered the general. And so it, it is it's um, telling all the chi where to go throughout your body and it's supposed to flow a certain way. And so when that liver energy gets backed up or the liver is compromised and all, then the energy can be kind of go haywire and go in the wrong places. So it can, for instance, it can start going, attacking your digestive system and going sideways instead of flowing down smoothly. And then you can have digestive symptoms. And that would look like to us, oh, I'm stressed out. So I'm getting diarrhea or irritable syndrome or constipation or indigestion, uh, but, Chinese medicine sees the whole, whole mm -hmm. picture there. Fascinating. Well, you know, taking that kind of a step further, recognizing that all, I mean, all of these differences, it feels like it opens up the world in so many ways, you mm -hmm. know, not just looking at, oh, it's a reproductive organ and, oh, there's your colon, but actually seeing the cohesiveness of the body. How do we apply that to tracking a cycle? It, is that a different process? 
It's not, it takes some education. However, that's a lot of what the content in my program is about. Um, it, it's because first of all, you have to learn a little bit about the theory and, um, and then you have to learn how to track that, those symptoms in yourself. Um, but there, you can also read books about it. So the more, uh, there's a lot of good books out there. Um, one that's coming to mind off the top of my head, that's a good one for the, uh, a lay person is um, the web that has no weaver. Hmm. So that's a good introduction to um, Chinese medical theory for the lay person. And then it'll just start to open up for you. Like, oh, I noticed, you know, I'm getting a headache and I have some digestive symptoms. I think my liver energy is backed up. And then there's things that you can do like getting good sleep. There's some basics, you know, you could also, my like Instagram page, for example, on my website, there, there's, I have a lot of basics to start with before, you know, my program dives in, into it a lot more deeply, but, you know, just for example, getting enough sleep and getting in bed before 11 p.m. Because at 11 p.m., 11 p.m. through 1 p.m., that's when your liver and gallbladder, they're a pair. That's when um, you, their energy is being restored. So if you don't go to sleep by then, it's going to weaken the energy of those mm -hmm. organ systems. So you want to make sure you're getting that full eight hours of sleep, which usually means that you have to be in bed for about nine hours to get eight hours of quality sleep. And, and to be in bed by 11 p.m. And so that's a huge step that people can do to support their liver. Um, and there are other things. So there's some you know, basic lifestyle changes that can be very supportive. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fascinating of the, the liver and the gallbladder timeline of that middle of the night. You know, even outside of Chinese medicine, it's acknowledged that you really want to be in bed you know, by like 10, 10 30, so that you can be asleep at this optimal time for your liver. And so it's just so intuitive. The Chinese medicine would already, you know, I mean, that predates all of what, you know, the rest of medicine is talking about, but it's so intuitive that that would already be mapped out right there within that window that everyone else is saying, Oh, Hey, this is important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. It's, it's ancient stuff. And then they were so in tune with nature and the cycles of nature and they didn't have TV. And so they were, their senses were heightened and, and they, it was, they were following the cycles of nature. Uh, another fascinating conversation that we could have for another day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so before we wrap up here for, uh, and you, you have a minute, I want to hear about your program here in just a second, but um, the age old question that everybody asks that maybe you can provide some insight to, but acupuncture for fertility, is it supportive? Is it beneficial? Is it something that is worthwhile to invest in? Um, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. And yes, you know, for all of the reasons that I mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, but it's, a, I don't know if you're ready for me to segue yet. It's a good segue into my program, not Go just right ahead. plug my program, but, um, my program teaches women how to give themselves acupressure. Oh, wow. So cool. acupuncture is absolutely beneficial and for balancing your body and supporting your fertility and um, 
And then when you working with a licensed acupuncturist, you know, you have these eyes on your case and they're going to be able to help you to help support you in lifestyle changes, dietary changes, taking supplements, taking Chinese herbs. If your acupuncturist is also an herbalist as well. And, um, but a lot of times women, either they don't have access to acupuncture, good fertility acupuncturist, or they're afraid of needles and, or they can't go to the frequency at the frequency that is really going to have more of an impact where they're really going to see the difference, which should be at least once a week, if not twice a week, or that's not, you know, financially viable. Um, but even if you are going at that frequency, um, Chinese medicine acupuncture was actually originally meant to be applied every single day when somebody mm-hmm. had got to a point where they have a chronic health issue. Interesting. And so one of the reasons that my program can is so effective for women is it's something that they're able to do on themselves every single day. So they're doing acupressure on themselves on the same points that I would do it clinically for women. Um, there's different protocols throughout the cycle to support the different phases of the mm-hmm. cycle. And then you're able to send those signals to your body every single day to help your body make those shifts. And so sometimes I have clients who are like, I did acupuncture for a while and it, it just never worked. And, um, and of course, there's so many people's like, oh, acupuncture is what works. Acupuncture is alone. But I have a lot of women who come to me. It's like, well, I tried that and didn't work. And it was either, it, you know, they didn't, weren't able to go at that frequency. And then they were able to have success with the program, either doing the program alone or in addition to acupuncture because they were doing it every single day. Mm. And I think that that can be the missing piece and whether it's my program or another resource is just what I'm also passionate about is that we really have to take a proactive role because it's more about what we're doing in our day-to-day lives. It's not that we can go to any practitioner, whether it's a you know, um, a functional medicine practitioner, an allopathic doctor, reproductive endocrinologist, acupuncturist, whoever it is. And we go and we sit on our table and they can't necessarily just wave a magic wand and make everything change. We have to take that proactive role. And, and, but we don't know, a lot of us just don't know how. So that's what my program is empowering women to know how to do. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so, so key, so important. And I feel like it's a lot of times a missing piece that we, we don't recognize because so much of care that is received is just follow my plan or take this. And so it's, it's like that shift. Um, but I appreciate you letting me throw you on the spot there to ask that question. We get that question all the time in our community. Should I pursue acupuncture? Should I not pursue acupuncture? And it's, it's helpful to hear you clarify that about frequency, about the benefits, but then also talking about how acupressure and the daily, the daily use of that, um, which obviously for anyone listening, this is something that you want to learn from a provider who knows what they're talking about, who's an expert in fertility. Please don't just go online and start Googling things to do. Please go to someone trusted, but it's just really helpful to know because I feel like um, even for uh, members of our community who are at an IVF clinic and get recommended to go for acupuncture, a lot of times they don't get more instructions. It's just like, well, just go do this and, and then you figure it out on your own. And so that's, that's really helpful. Yeah, I'm happy to. And I, I would add, you know, there's the studies have shown that it's beneficial. Um, you know, the, the thing that they can study the most is the impact it would have on the outcome of IVF cycles, because obviously there's such a clear goal there. Yeah. It's an easier thing for them to measure results. And what they found, it, it's been inconclusive in terms of, oh, if you have one treatment before and after you, the embryo transfer, or you have 
one treatment leading up to the embryo transfer. Sometimes it shows, oh yeah, that is this study will show, yeah, yeah, that that was beneficial, that got more of a positive outcome. This was like, oh, it's in inconclusive or no, it didn't. But when they combined all of these studies together, did a systematic review, they found that um, it's the frequency and the length of time mm. that did prove that it was beneficial. So, which just reinforces what I was saying. It's mm. It's not an overnight thing because there's, these are chronic health issues and um, acupuncture is not a magic pill. It, it's going to take some time to support your body in shifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes time, takes time to shift out of optimal alignment and being in that space. And so we have to expect it's probably not going to happen, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. There are things that we can do. Um, so for anyone who's listening, who's really just resonated with what you've said, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you or, or even sign up for your program? Yeah. Um, in, my Instagram page is a great place, um, which is at Heidi Brockmeyer. Um, my website's a great place, HeidiBrockmeyer.com. Um, I have a free masterclass. Um, it's about an hour long with Q and a session at the end, and you can sign up for that for free. Um, in, on my website, Instagram, and that, um, that will give you a really good, when you watch that masterclass, it'll give you a really good introduction to my program. And, and you can also sign up for the program from my website as well, but there's free resources and a lot of information there before, if you're not quite ready to mm -hmm. sign up for it yet. Fantastic. Well, we'll link to all of that in the show notes below. So that if you're listening, you're, you're wanting to find out more, you can just scroll down wherever you're listening and you can go ahead and click on those links. But Heidi, thank you for spending a little time with us today. Um, I, I look forward to um, sending people your way. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode.